Welcome, ladies, to the Real Estate Investor Show, providing inspiration, strategies, and insight to empower women investors to live balanced and financially free lives. Now, here are your co-hosts, Liz and Andressa. Welcome back, ladies. On today's episode, we are so excited to share with you that we interviewed Anita Corsini. She is the host and star of HDTV's Flip or Flop Atlanta. We covered so many bases with her. I think what was most powerful that we chatted with her about was working with your spouse, not just working with your spouse, but investing with your spouse. She's on TV with her spouse. So she had a lot to share on core, core, core things that we need to be doing to get the most out of investing, working, and connecting with our spouse. Another important thing that we talked about is the identity. Who we are is not what we do in life. And we usually try to, you know, we do backwards. Oh, I am a real estate investor and I do X, Y, and Z. And I'm not going to give you away everything that she talked about, but it truly is essential for you to be successful in life and to do what you are meant to do. Uh, if you really understand what is your true identity. So check this episode. You're not going to waste your time. The dream of owning a vacation home can be daunting. From finding the best guests, to the maintenance, to organizing the cleaners after every guest day. With Vacasa, they make that dream into a reality. As a full-service vacation home management company with vacation homes in key destinations across the U.S., they know a thing about how to make owning a vacation home easy and profitable. On top of proactive property maintenance visits by professional local teams, a hospitality-driven booking platform, and around-the-clock support, Vacasa earns homeowners an average of 20% more revenue from their vacation homes. Vacasa is always thinking of ways to simplify the vacation home owning experience by putting your home to work for you. If you're looking to make more from your vacation home, work with the reliable property manager, and finally have peace of mind, partner with Vacasa at vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. That's vacasa.com slash biggerpockets. Hey guys, it's Liz. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to remind you that time is running out and you have four weeks left to get your ticket to InvestorCon 2024, the number one premier conference for women in real estate. It's happening from June 2nd to 4th in Austin, Texas. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit investhercon.com today and use the code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. That's investher, H-E-R, con.com and use the promo code 100podcast to get $100 off your ticket. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Show, ladies. My name is Liz. And I am Andressa. And we have Anita Crissini. We are so excited to have her on our show this week. We've been working hard to get her on our show for a while. So thank you, Anita, for being with us. And we're excited to jump into your story here. Thank you for being here. It's great. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know, I'm in Florida at our rental property, taking care. We could have a whole conversation on rental properties. If you <laughs> yep, yep. I could write a book, really. I could write a book. But anyhow, yeah. we're here because, you know, the rental market is closed and we can be here and spend some time here. And so it's great. So, yes, I'm sitting with my computer on a laundry basket with random <laughs> shelf behind me. So. <laughs> and we, we were just saying before we, we pressed record that it's all about adapting as women, as investors, as 
moms and, and everything in between. So that's what this show is all about. We're serving you, you amazing ladies that are listening. We're all about helping you create a financially free and balanced life. And that's what our purpose is. That is what our mission is. And uh, we just bring on some amazing women like Anita to share her story and hopefully give you some tips and tricks. So before we get into her story and uh, you know go down that, go down that path, uh, Andressa, what is coming up for you? We always like to share something that is helpful for the amazing women listening. Yeah. So I listen to Mel Robbins, uh, I think in a daily basis. Like yes. you love her. You definitely I love, love her. her. She's just very straightforward. And another day she was talking about being busy, right? During this time, um, we are very, very busy. And then she turned thing around, the thing around. She's like, Sometimes that's a trap that we put ourselves into. And I was like, what do you mean by that? Mm. So what she's saying is that there's a big difference between being busy or putting ourselves in certain situations so our brain is engaged doing something, not necessarily um, focusing on what we need to do or prioritize, but we just need to, I don't know clean the countertop or reorganize something that it really does not need to be done at that specific moment. So what she's saying is that it's just bringing awareness to our lives in terms, especially right now in terms, okay, what is your priority? So yeah. if you're feeling overwhelmed because you are busy, it's because you're not really prioritizing what needs to be done. And you, your self-care, your mental health, it should be on that list. It should yeah. be on that list and yeah. not the, you know, the laundry and everything else that is there. So it's just like a, a quick trap. So the first step, she's always big on the first step, right? So the first step is really the awareness. Stop and analyze your day. We all know that our days look very different and very similar, right? I don't know if it's Saturday, yeah. Sunday, or Monday, does it? matter but you know really be cautious about where you're spending your time and why why you're spending that time because you might be on that trap or or of being busy but not necessarily you need to so it's a choice so i thought love it was that. very cool yeah that's great yeah love that too it's really an important reminder <laughs> for all of us on a daily basis right. so right right it's With that productivity trap you know we always want to feel productive and sometimes folding the laundry it makes us feel productive but and it is productive on one hand but not necessarily it might not be where we need to be focusing our time at that moment yeah. and that's tricky i mean that's tricky because we are as women we are divided as it comes and our attention is grabbed from everywhere i was <laughs> i was on a phone call before this with a a friend of mine who I'm listing her house and my kid, I was like, I have to call you back because all three of them were like <laughs> waiting for a band-aid, a snack, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Snacks like good galore. I had, I had a conversation with Jessa and it was an important one. Not that all, none of all of our conversations are not important, but <laughs> sure. we were having a conversation and I really just wanted to really hear her and really be present. And I just escaped to the garage. I hear mommy, <laughs> mommy. And I'm like, I just, I'm hiding. So just for a minute. <laughs> exactly. I mean, and, and I think that, you know, we have to give ourselves a lot of grace that it's okay to go hide yeah. in the garage. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, I looked at Ken, I said, 
can you please just entertain them for one hour? And I was like, or pass out the band-aids. Just yeah. pass out the band-aids yeah. for an hour. That'll keep them busy, right? Band-aids are so intriguing. <laughs> right, right. Oh my gosh. So, you know, he's got them. So hopefully, he said, well, do you want the dog with you? I was like, no, I don't want anybody <laughs> with me right now. <laughs> I know that's demanding too. So as we jump into your um, amazing story, Anita, how did you uh, get involved in real estate investing and, and how, you know, where did it all begin for you? So, you know, I, um, I am a teacher by trade. I have a math degree from UGA and I um, was a really, uh, as an educator, I mean, I'm truly was born to be an educator. Like that is just so much ingrained in who I am because I love to learn and I love to share what I've learned. So that's where I started. And I um, was at a small school and really, really grew that curriculum. And I went and got my master's degree and then was expecting my first child and was planning to stay home. And Ken, for the year prior, had been he had kind of started on his branch off into his real estate journey, which is really his passion, quite honestly. Like that's where he, he just kind of, he's born for that, truly born for that. I've never met anyone more born for real estate than him. And so when I was pregnant, I had just finished exams. This was probably in like June of 07. Hmm. He says, you need to go get your real estate license before the baby comes. And I was, I mean, honestly, just said it like we were in the kitchen and threw that quarter out there. Like, I know I hadn't even considered it. I was thinking, I was, you know, very supportive. I was so proud of what he was doing, 100% on board, but I didn't really consider the role I could play in it. And of course he had, he had figured all that out. <laughs> and I was kind of like, what? I'm not, you know, I was ready to kind of hit career pause and just, you know, I was excited about having my first baby. And he said, no, go get it now. Cause you won't go get it after the baby comes. It'll be much trickier, you know, to get out and do that. And he said, you're teaching calculus. This is not rocket science. You can do this, which I wasn't concerned about doing it. It was just that I didn't want it. <laughs> and, um, you know, I didn't want one more thing to do. I wanted to fluff the pillows in the nursery. And so I went and did it because I knew that, you know, so we, I mean, we obviously we joke about that now, but we, we talked about it and it did make sense for me to be licensed and him not to be that way we could be really work as a team and so I went and got it and I, you know, I mean, I passed the tests and did everything. And I, so that's really where I started was by him kind of pushing me off the edge and saying, go get this. <laughs> so I was kind of like, okay, you know, I mean, a quick learner, you know, so I learned, I mean, you obviously you don't know the ins and outs when you first get your license, but um, I picked up a lot, learned a lot there. and. Obviously, I mean, Ken and I talk about this stuff all the time. So by osmosis, I've learned a ton of stuff. You know, yeah. he's the richest educator that I could ever have because, you know, he shares his deals with me. And then I probe and ask questions and really get down to the nitty gritty and try to understand things. So um, that's when it all started was in 07, you know. And so obviously my start was a little bit slower because I was a new mom. And so I wasn't out 
drumming up deals. I was more of a support staff kind of mm-hmm. person at first. Yeah. And then, you know, and then really was able to slowly grow that passion. And, you know, it, honestly, it's, it's kind of funny because it's in June, my teaching license expires. And I was recently, you know, I was, Ken and I were talking about it and I thought I need to get that renewed because a friend of mine that I had taught with had always said, just always be able to have something to fall back on. Hmm. And I, you know, as women, you know, just if something happens, you just never know. And so I have always really taken her wisdom. She was just kind of a sage. And so I thought, I've got to get this done. Well, it's a hundred hours of <laughs> these CE credits and it's different credits. I mean, it's work, you know, it's like a co- college course type stuff. And I only had two months to do it. And I thought, well, I can do it. We're in this quarantine time. And something wasn't really sitting right. And, and one morning I was having my devotional and I was really working and it was like, God released me from doing that. Like really showed me through this scripture that, you know, I can use those skills and talents that I had then and apply them to where he has me now. And none of that time's wasted and none of that experience is wasted. And I worked so hard. I mean, I was in school full time. I was teaching Mm. full time. I got my master's. So part of me didn't want to waste that. And I I just want to jump on what you're saying because a lot of women have the same struggle, right? Letting it go of that career that, you know, the parents wanted. Um, They they put a lot of money into it and letting that go will disappoint them. And also the person also will be disappointed. And I think that it's a, it's a big struggle. And I always talk, we always talk over here about your skill sets that can be transferable, letting that go, right? Letting that go does not mean that you're letting all the skills that you gain go with it. So for example, you, you're teaching, you're educating, that's all you're doing now, you know, right. with everybody, right? If right. you're a realtor, isn't it? So right. how did, what, what were the skills that you are using it right now? Even if you let that go, that career path go? Well, um, as a teacher, I, I honestly, honestly believe that teachers are some of the most adaptable creatures because you know you were controlling a classroom of anywhere from 20 to 30 students with lots of different personalities i was teaching high school so you know i had big personalities and grown up (laughs) well they weren't really grown up but you know they were grown children and you know, you're also dealing with their parents and the expectations their parents have on them, the expectations the parents have on yourself. So just not only the communication skills, but the people skills that you really gain and you really begin to understand how some people think, how some people's home life really influences their decision-making. Those kind of things were important. The others, the obvious stuff, the organizational skills, the, you know, the really being able to communicate how something works in 14 different ways to people. That is, I mean, that's 
that's really an important skill as an agent, even as a designer, helping people with their homes, everyone kind of sees things differently and everyone wants to have a different level of input and control. And so you kind of have to read that. And that's, I mean, that's kind of the name of the game entering into these transactions with different in different environments. So a lot of those skill sets, I mean, um, clearly my math skills, I mean, I can understand the numbers and that's very important too, <laughs> having that reason and logic. Yeah. Um, but I also have this very creative side. It's, I'm kind of an odd creature in that way. And so, you know, I can provide that balance for Ken when we're both making a big decision on what we're going to choose to engage in. I can just offer a different perspective. I really wanted to circle back when Ken, you know, said to you, you really need to get your license. And you're like, hold on, I'm, I'm thinking one thing, you're thinking something different. And right. you went out on faith and you did it. And yep. you probably look back on that saying, oh my gosh, this is a whole new career for me now, you yeah. know, and, and look what you built, right? Oh, 500 flips. You've built a, right. you know, a mega business and, and, and so, so big and so successful that you're, you're featured on TV. Right. And that's huge, right. huge probably opportunities for you both. So I'm curious to get into, you know, how, like you went out on faith with that, you know, obviously a little bit right. of faith at that moment. And I'm sure there's been moments that that's been maybe a recipe for the success you've had. I mean, I always say, I, I love talking about working with your spouse and investing with them, but then going on TV is a whole other yeah. level, right? You know, right. I mean, yeah. wow. And then three kids. And it's just like, I feel like you can speak to this in a way that and a lot of women can't and a lot of uh, spouses can't. So I'm curious to get into a little bit of that and what, what has been the recipe to, to not only work with your spouse, to trust your spouse, to navigate all that, and then to take that pivot on, okay, we're going to take our private life and, and put it on public TV. And, right. and just, just kind of curious to get into that because there's probably some real key lessons that all of us that are navigating working with spouses sure. and you know, investing with them can take from. It's really, you know, it's tricky. And we just celebrated our 20 year anniversary. So Congrats, yeah, we kind of reflected, thank you, on that. And we kind of laughed because we got married at 23. So we were very young and we, you know, we kind of grew up together. So there was, it was probably better that in the first seven years of our marriage, we didn't kind of take these leaps quite yet because we were still growing up. I mean, we were kids, you know, and that's, when you're working with your spouse, it is, I mean, that's, that's big girl business. You know I mean? That's like, you're not, it's not messing around. And so you kind of really have to have a different level of maturity and trust in one another. So, um, but you know, we were what 30 probably at the time when we, um, you know, when we started and I went and got my license. So it was, it was faith. I have always, always believed in Ken and he's, he's a risk taker. I mean, that's for sure, but he's also cautious. And so my bottom line was if we can take this risk, but I always know that we'll ultimately we'll be taken care of. I can, my, my, my line to my friends was we're not going to live on a cardboard box. So, you know, and I'd grown up with, I mean, I didn't grow up with unrealistic expectations of life. And so Ken says, 
this is jumping a little bit backwards in our story, but I used to drive this 1980 brown Toyota Celica. My dad was a mechanic. And so, you know, you kind of get the leftovers. And so he said in college, he knew that I was the kind of girl he wanted to marry because I didn't have to have, you know, a brand new BMW to be happy. But I was very content with what I had. And so that transpired later with these, with these deals and with this faith and jumping into, you know, for him a different career, for me a different career, kind of leaving a career that I loved, really. And so I always, there was an underlying trust that was always there that I knew we'd be fine. So if we had to eat frozen dinners for a year, I could do that. But at the end of the day, I knew that we would always have a roof over our head and, you know, maybe we couldn't do as much shopping or whatever as we wanted or, but our needs ultimately would be cared for. And that was really where it started yeah. for me. I love, was, what you're, I love what you're saying too, because it's a foundational piece, right? It's like, you know, for us too, it's like, you know, we talked a lot about where we wanted to be and where we, where we saw our lives. And, you know, those are real conversations. Those are big conversations. That's not just yeah. like, what's your favorite Netflix show right now? Right. I mean, we, we talk about that too, but, um, cause that's something, so something that's helpful to just, you know, get away sure. from all this craziness of quarantine. But regardless, you know, you have to have those big conversations. And then with that, it's like, how, do, how does the, the business and the investing align with your bigger vision and your, your values versus the other way around? I think, I think people just talk about the wrong things and couples do. And then they end up going yeah. down a path that one doesn't trust the other with money and you get into all that. Right. And it's yeah. so much, so much stuff around it. And it's, um, if you started with the bigger stuff, like, you know, the core stuff, the faith and the trust and the foundation and let's build yeah. there. And then we can go from, we can go build upon that. It's very different than starting the other way around. Um, right. And, and I've always heard, um, I wish I could remember the book, but there is, you know, there's a, a marriage book that, and one of the things, one of the top things that it's, you know, it encourages spouses to to truly um, work on is believing the best in them first. And, you know, so often it's easy to react to, you know, honey, this investment we just made went south yeah. or whatever. And so we react and we start blaming or we, you know, accuse. And then at that moment, you've separated from the, you know, you, you can't hear what they're saying where, you know, now it's like, I really try to put that into practice where it's something that might upset, you know, if it upset me or if I disagree, really it's typically, you know, I have a few opinions in life. So, <laughs> but it's rather than making my opinions, the issue is, you know, I, I believe the best in Kent, you know, his intentions were not for something to go South. And so that's where, I, that's my foundation point. I always start okay. there. I'm going to believe the best, in him if something you know was a disagreement first and then from there and then take it from there and and really really dissect it love that i love that yeah
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Anita, I have a question for you because, you know, obviously you guys are both on the same page. On our Facebook community, uh, we have ladies that are struggling uh, with this the following question. Usually they say, listen, I am really passionate about real estate, but my husband or partner is not. So what should I do to convince him or her to join me? Or if I just should let go of it and just go on my own. So what's your take on it? That's really hard. And it's a real thing because you're dealing with lots of different personalities. Um, I think you have to respect the spouse. You can still respect the spouse or partner that might be afraid to take that dive and still, I think, still participate in it. And it's a matter of, you know, really being on the same page and saying, all right, maybe if, would you be comfortable joining me in this small way? Let's go on this, you know, and take it step by step. And or maybe it's a, if it's a financial investment that, cause typically, you know, you're buying it's okay. What if I take $80,000 from this bank account or this, whatever, and this is what I've got to play with. And then if you'll just support me in this, let me do it. So I, I think breaking it down that way, it's, it can be really divisive if you're not careful. And I 100% understand that. There are a lot of things I look back on that I think I probably should have been worried about that. (laughs) Maybe I didn't even understand exactly what risk he was taking. But at the end of the day, even in my naivety, you know, I was still able to go, we'll be okay. We'll be okay. The worst thing, you know, that happens is the worst thing that would really have happened is, okay, we might need to move. We have to sell our house. But at the end of the day, we would survive that. You know, and there's a huge lesson there. And so what you gain from some of those mistakes is almost worth more than the, you know, the investment that you're making or the return on that investment that you, whether you get it or not. I think what you're saying is really, really powerful. And I I want the women listening to this to hear it because I'm, I'm being reminded of it. I love your approach in saying, and you had this approach when you started, not just because of the success you've had in the business you've built, because clearly you've had this way of being for forever, as long as you've been saying as you got, as you got into this, you haven't been attached. And, and the attachment yeah. to the money, to the deal, to the outcome gets really in our way. 
as people, as yeah. women. And um, I mean, it could cause just huge divides in partnerships. Um, and whenever I feel really over, like close to something and I feel very attached to it, I know yeah. it's my time to like, okay, I got to release this. I got to just, it's going to be fine. We're going to work it out. You know, right. think about the, this pandemic that we're going through. Sure. Right. Sure. It's, it's like the ultimate, not trying to get attached to the outcome. Like we don't, no, no one knows where this is going to actually end up. But what you can do is in terms of faith and you know, just being mindful of what you're too attached to. I find yeah. that when you get, when, at least when my husband and I are like kind of at crossroads and, um, I'm not being supportive or he's not being supportive or something in our business. I I'm like, Oh, I'm, I'm too attached. Absolutely. Right. That's usually what comes right. up for me. And then I right. have to step away a little bit and go, okay, it's all going to be fine. You know, we lose that money. We lose it. What, you know, we'll be fine. We'll work it out. Right. I have right. to remind myself of that. So you know, you can gain from that and yeah, in the loss, there's still a gain. Absolutely. You know, in every loss, there's still a gain. And, and that is really an important perspective that I've learned. And it, it hurts. It doesn't make the loss any better. <laughs> right. But I think that the mindset is what will differentiate one from, you know, another. For, from that perspective, right, that you, you, you have trained your mindset, what have you done? in order to grow, not your, just your business, but your mindset. So you can take that loss and really look from that perspective that, okay, those are the lessons, important lessons that I gained from it still sucks, but I got some lessons and I'm taking this to grow my business. Do you have any tips or things that you both have done that worked for you guys uh, to grow your mindset? You know, for me, my faith is very important. And so what I have learned and it's taken, you know, I mean, it's, it's still, you know, we learn, and this is honestly what I teach my daughter and her friends. They, you know, they come to the house for some Bible studies and stuff, but the is, where is our identity? And so for me, my mindset is about my identity. My identity is not in whether or not the deal is successful. My identity is not in whether or not our show is renewed or not renewed or, you know, who I am doesn't change based on these circumstances. And, and so that having that level of contentment with who I am and what I'm learning, because really and truly like the hardships that come, there is value there. There's so much value there. So the, it's not a matter of a hardship coming or a failure and, you know, or a, broken deal or lost money. It's money at the end of the day. Who I am is not wrapped up in, I made $60,000 on this deal. You know, it's really not. Or, you know, someone didn't like my design for this house and it got, you know, whatever. It's not there. It's, I still put my best foot forward. Okay, what can I learn about this? How did this relationship go? What am I gonna do next time differently? And then you have to move on. It's not always easy, it's not. And there's you know, there's kind of a dead period where you've got to work through that and climb the mountain a little bit, but it's always worth it. It's never not been worth it. So if I'm a woman listening to this, and I, I love what you're saying because it is about where's my identity 
what are other questions that they would be ask, asking themselves? So you got women listening to this that, you know, may have grown a portfolio. They're looking at pivoting. They're looking at scaling. Um, they're full time and they've been home during this quarantine. They're like, I don't want to be an engineer anymore. I want to work for myself. And I have flexibility with my kiddos or whatever's coming up. There's a lot of things coming up for women and for people right around the world right now, sure. I think in a way that no one would have expected. So I'm always a big fan of like, we get better answers if we ask better questions, right? So you can't just yeah. say, you can't ask a question, go, why did that happen? And then expect this empowering, life-changing answer, right? Because it's like, <laughs> usually it's not. <laughs> usually it's not. It's going to be like this sucky answer. And you're like, oh, okay. But it's about the questions we ask. So, you know, identity is a big thing, right? You know, I don't know if we, yeah. can, we can solve that in a, in, a, in a podcast episode. But, you know, what are some of those questions that women listening could start to ask themselves so they can maybe start to discover that because I don't know if you polled most women what who it is your identity if nine out of ten of them would be able to say this 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 and this and I'm not attached to this this and this and this I don't think most right. women would be able to answer that um which is sad because we all have it we just don't know it you know right. so I'm curious to to you know, what, what are some of those kind of probing questions that women can actually ask themselves to get so those For answers? me, the foundation is my faith. And so I look at it as, you know, I am who God says I am. And, and that doesn't change. And that's really where, that's, that's really the bottom line for me. I got and, the chills. So I, did. Like wow. I tell my, I tell the girls, it's easier when you think of it in terms of being a little girl. And because for us now, there's so, we have so much more responsibility. So put yourself as, you know, you're a little 10 year old, 11 year old, 12 year old girl. And my daughter played basketball and a lot of her friends play basketball or they're, there's really, I mean, for 12 year old girls, they're amazing athletes. And some of them are amazing musicians or they just have these really incredible talents. And I kept saying to them, you know, let's talk about identity because when I asked them, mm. you know, describe yourself or tell me who you are, they'll say, Oh, I'm a, they'll tell me what they can do. Mm. You know, I can oh. basketball. I can, you know, I can sing a song or I can, whatever it is that they can do. And I said, okay. I said, and you're right. And I've seen all of you girls do this. I, I mean, they are truly, truly incredible. And I said, but what if you broke your leg and you can't play basketball anymore? I said, does that change who you are? And I said, no. And I <laughs> said, but then would you act like it did? Yes, you would be upset. Yes, you would have a, you know, I mean, that would be a lot that you'd have to work through. But what if you could never play basketball again? Does that change ultimately who you are? And that was where I realized in it, I didn't even plan on taking the study that way, but it was when I started asking these girls, these questions that that's what would come out. And then it was like, Oh, okay. They're viewing it backwards. You know, who we are, isn't what we can do and mm -hmm. or what we can't do. That's not who we are. And so that's really where I have learned to to, to put focus. And when I'm feeling like, oh, I'm not this or, and you know, as women, we compare ourselves way too much. And that's just, you know, I'm not, I'm not, my social media isn't at, which that's a whole other ballgame. I am, <laughs> someone, Lord, please help me with my social media. <laughs> I'm just so inconsistent. Um, I just, I don't know. That's, that's a whole other thing. But like, you know, it's like, they've got 
this many followers. And I must not be as successful because I, uh, my guess what? Who I am is not residing in that or how fast I can grow mine versus how fast someone else can grow theirs. It's, and it's that, those are the questions I would ask myself is who are you? And then if who you are, and when you're writing a list down, if who you are is what you can do, the mark is, is off, you know, you're mm -hmm. not, it's not quite lining up. I love that. That's yeah. big time. Yeah. I think that, you know, when you think about it, you go, you go deep, but it's essential, isn't yeah. it? It's just a matter of, okay, how can I ask myself those questions? Then the power is back on me. The power yeah. of who I am is not if somebody, you know, praise me or, or do something good or bad one or another, it doesn't really matter. It, so the power of how, how I'm going to feel or define myself is on what I, I myself, especially I think that nowadays with social media, yeah. You know, oh, yeah. a lot of, a lot of people, kids and grownups do yeah. always depend on how many likes and followers and Liz and I have been growing our community very organically and yeah. And still who we are does not, is not defined by our, by our numbers of the podcast or followers or anything else. We right. always uh, had a very solid foundation. Why are we doing what we are doing? All, you know, which goes beyond real estate. So right. moving forward for, for you and Ken, what's, what's, what's next? For you guys you guys clearly very successful what are you guys focusing on right now so we are focusing on growing our brokerage we've got a real estate brokerage and so we're working on that we've got a mortgage company within that brokerage that we're also working on so new construction um we've got we you know right now the market isn't it's not slush with houses that are wise to flip in Atlanta quite yet. So I'm sure that will return and then, you know, we'll do that. We'll continue to do that as well. But that, and, you know, I've been working on growing very slowly, um, but growing a design business because, because of the show, many people saw, you know, the designs and things that, you know, I was able to create. And so while I've always done that in house, I can now do that for clients and have my own client base, which is really fun because it's all relation, very relational. And, you know, you really get to know a person before you start helping them make selections for things because mm. you got to know what they like. So that's always fun. Oh, that's awesome. And it's, um, and not everyone's good at it, you know, especially in the investing <laughs> side, a lot of investors, you know, they make these, they flip houses and they're just vanilla boxes and there's no right. soul in them. Um, right. you know, and I know we didn't get a chance to get into it and it might be a heavy question, but it's popping in my head right now. How do you, in a simple way, how do you hug the line of getting some customization in a flip, right? To have some wow factor, have some of that uniqueness, right? So you're not just this vanilla box and not go over budget and not make it a crazy, you know, amount of money in terms of budgeting. I, I've, I've flipped, I have not flipped anywhere near what you and Ken have done. We flipped property, I just has flipped a, a lots of properties as well. And it's just always an interesting question mark in my head still of, you know, how do you balance those two? So how have you guys figured out how to balance them? 
that is that's the name of the game and that is i think that's where like we were talking earlier about skill sets that's where like some of my skill sets all come in and it's like this game of all right i've got x amount of dollars and how can i maximize that and then you know so the science and the art get to come together for me and that's where oh, i that's God. where like the magic happens so i not and sometimes it's you know hey ken i think we need to spend five grand here more because in the end that's a 20 grand payoff and right. so it's right. knowing which neighbor now sometimes it doesn't work you know sometimes i was wrong but um gosh, I don't know what the secret sauce is necessarily yeah. because it's a case by case basis. Yeah. And you have to know the neighborhood and if the neighborhood is going to support a higher price point. Um, but I think too, not being afraid to do something a little bit different than what's being done in that neighborhood is always worthwhile. And you can always do it in places that can be changed. A front door, for example, if a buyer comes in and hates your yellow front door, well, guess what? It's a can of paint yeah. or, you know, it's 200 bucks to buy a new door and stain it or whatever, you know, it's, you could, you choose the places that are changeable yeah. in a flip, you know, it's always different. Like flip design versus client design, two totally different ball games. Sure. Sure. But flip design. Yeah. Is, it's tricky, but there's easy ways to customize a home that give it that wow factor. Like on your exterior, if you're looking at shutters, have custom shutters made. That's not going to break the bank, but it's going to look a lot better than buying the plastic shutters from, you know, your big box store that, that are two inches too short on either side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't look right because they, they don't you don't have custom you know you're not going to order them custom so having custom shutters built and painted or stained and then from doing that then you end up with a supply so then you've got you know keep all that extra material well ken would say don't but i say do because i keep it <laughs> therein lies a difference of uh <laughs> because i tend to keep everything but if you keep that, then next time you go to build shutters, you've got half the material you need for all the small pieces. Things That's like that. good. So for the, the ladies that. that are listening, if that design vision, if that's not you, it's okay. But you must have somebody in your team with that eye. You just can allow that person that you know it's not her strength to pick the backsplash and the countertop right. and put two busy things that are gonna collide right. and in the middle do two uh, different colors of cabinets and get chrome um, faucets that right. does not match with the, uh, the other ones that you picked and is wild west, right? Yeah. But that is not like a, it's a design issue, not like a more a, a cost issue yeah. because it's just a choice. So I think that it's all about knowing your strengths and yes. finding the team. So talking about team right now, uh, what is your team looks like right now? And how did you select the people to work with you guys? 
So, you know, on the design side, it's just me right now. And when we had the show, I had a design assistant just because, you know, I needed hands in the field when I was filming. Um, but, you know, we've got the, we, we've got different areas of our business. So our team for like our rehabs or renovations consists of a construction manager and a project manager. And we also have someone in house who is searching properties and, you know, taking intake calls and things like that. Um, obviously we have an office manager and then there's, you know, like I consider myself kind of a rogue agent doing all the things, right? And Ken is certainly doing all the things and helping manage those things. So that's that's the core of our team. And obviously that expands in terms of some of our crews and people that we, you know, use our trades that we used to work with. Yeah. And it's probably ever changing, right? Depending on what business is accelerating, what business is kind of yeah. quiet and you have to adapt to it. Yeah. yeah um, it Anita, this has been amazing. I, I, we could, we could talk to you all day, seriously. Oh, and well, I, I have like ten. I really, I sincerely mean that. I, I, I'm like got like more follow up questions, so we'll have to have you back on. Um, okay, that's fun. I can talk. Listen, <laughs> as long as I've got a cup of coffee, I'm happy. You're good. You're good. Um, yeah. Where can the ladies listening uh, learn more about you and all the the wonderful work you guys are up to? Well, I've got um, Instagram, just at Anita Corsini. That's the best way. Or at redbarnhomes.com. I do have a blog there that maybe these ladies can push me to add some more content. That I, <laughs> I'm telling you, this is not my strength. All right. <laughs> I'm too distracted for it. But I do at redbarnhomes.com. I've got a blog there. Instagram. I've got Twitter, but Instagram's the best place to catch me. Awesome. awesome. And all of this information you guys can find on our show notes. Now we're going to transition to our fabulous three questions. And the first one, Anita, is, so what's the most transformational book you have ever read? I don't know if it was the most transformational that I've ever read, but I just recently finished The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. And that one was really good. It was really good, very straightforward um, and an easy read. And so that one was that's a pretty challenging one, I think, for this audience um, to really dig deep. Awesome. The second question is, what's the most powerful routine that you do to create a financially free and balanced life? Whatever balance means to you. I exercise. I take these classes at my gym, and that is truly my balance. I have buddies there. It's an incredible environment and it's what I miss most honestly during this quarantine. So I always make time and effort to get there and do that because it because one I enjoy it and it just get, it puts the gas in my tank that I need. Awesome. And the last question is which woman famous or not has inspired you the most? My mom is someone who's inspired me. She is such a hard worker. Um, and then she's just, she's just got like a little fire in her. So watching her keep going, you know, keeps me going. Um, but also the women, the mothers of my students, when I was teaching, there's a handful of them who truly, they lived a lot of hard things. And some of them, I watched them walk through that. And they really inspired me to do it well, to go through the hard things well. 
And many of them now I still am in touch with and, you know, go to for advice and, on a regular basis. That's wonderful. Anita, thank you so much for being on our show and sharing your amazing insights uh, with our women that are listening and are part of our community. So thank you. Sincerely. You're welcome. It was great to be here. Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to receive updates on our next interviews, go to our website, therealestateinvestor.com. There you can subscribe to our show, become part of our investor community and get updates on upcoming episodes. If you like our show, please share it with other women who would benefit. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. We'd really appreciate it. And as always, we encourage you to take one action as a result of today's show and put it into motion so you can live both a financially free and balanced life. Thanks for spending time with us. Ciao.